Today's Legacy Sunday. We're glad you're here today. We're celebrating 10 years. Give the Lord a hand clap. And uh, this may be your first Sunday. We're excited that you're here. You're going to find out where we've been, who we are, where we're going. And, you know, maybe you've been here six months, a year. Maybe you've been here the whole 10 years. It doesn't matter. We're going to celebrate, and you get to be a part of it. And so that's what we're going to do really right quick before we release the kids. We're going to go through some things, and we're, there's Jeff. Uh, Jeff's coming, and he's going to start us off just uh, with a list of some things that we, we've accomplished. Yeah, so we're so excited to be celebrating Legacy's 10-year anniversary, like Pastor said. A lot of you guys were here in 2013 when we started that process. Uh, some of you are, are newer, though. You weren't here when we started that, that transition over to Legacy Church. And uh, we want to take a look back for just a moment. So for those who might not be aware, um, Legacy Church began as New Covenant Fellowship Church in 1976. And it formally incorporated in 1981 as a nonprofit organization. And then in January of 2012, Pastor Brett McCleary became the pastor. And through much prayer, he and the board decided to change the name of the church to coincide with the new vision and direction of the church. And then on Sunday, uh, October 20, 2013, we relaunched as Legacy Church. Um, with the goal of leaving the legacy of Christ for our families, friends, and the world around us, which is an incredible goal to have. Um, that was an exciting time for our church family, and, and you guys are evidence. We've just continued to grow and flourish as a church body since then. Um, so we're going to turn our eyes to the screens because there have been a lot of changes in the past years, in the past 10 years, and we're going to look at some of those changes. So first, our foyer and our lobby. We want to look at what it looked like 10 years ago. Um, if you don't know, that was about the size of our bathrooms now. It was a tiny little lobby back then. That's how it used to look. And you guys know how it looks now, but let's look at the pictures now at the change that's happened in the past 10 years. Let's look at now. There we go. That's how it looks now. It's been a big change in the past 10 years. Um, our stage, this isn't actually as far back as it was, but this is the oldest picture we could find of how our stage looked 10 years ago. So you can see we still had lots of walls up, and we had those magnificent columns that every church had back in the 80s and 90s. Um, we were still, still had them 10 years ago, and as our stage looks now, we can show the picture even though we can look at the stage and see it. It's a big change that's happened in the past 10 years. Um, our sign, what it looked like 10 years ago, it was a lot different too. New Covenant Fellowship, it's, it was a good sign once again for the 80s and 90s. Um, but we have a new sign now that you guys have seen every time you pull in the driveway, our Legacy Church sign. That was so much fun getting to build that. We got to be a part of that. So next, and this, this is a dramatic change here, um, what our indoor playground area looked like 10 years ago. You're going to be so amazed at the difference. Our indoor playground. That was our indoor playground. It was an, it was an outdoor drive through area. Um, Gary Slimp had a battle with birds out there every single year. It was epic at times, the, time, the battle he'd have with birds because they always built their nest in there every summer. So we see that's how it looked before, and let's look at how it looks now. Amazing, big difference. We got a whole playground back there now if you haven't seen that. And finally, the exterior of our sanctuary, what it looked like 10 years ago. And that's, if you, did, if you can't tell in the picture, that's Pastor Brett in the lift up there. So when we, when we talk about a pastor who does everything for the church, that's even, he even does that kind of stuff right there. So that was 10 years ago, and let's look at it now. So now we can see the playground there all enclosed, and we see more kids' classrooms, and the changes are not finished. That's just the beginning. We're going to talk more about that today, too. Um, so you can see that we've had many updates take place, and uh, we're looking forward to continuing to make improvements as time goes on. Uh, before I go, I want to draw your attention to a handout you should have received with your bulletin that looks like this. I see a lot of you guys have this in your hands right now. Um, this handout's basically just for you to look over 
and it contains a lot more of our list of accomplishments and uh, through the years, as well as an update on our building project too. Um, it's really awesome to see everything that's changed already, but this is only the beginning. There's a lot more that God wants to do in and through us, and that's something to be excited about. But for now, I'm going to turn our attention to Michelle as she comes on up here, and she's going to continue the, uh, the party we're having here today. I love Legacy Sunday. It is just a really exciting time. And I get to tell you all about some numbers. But these aren't boring numbers. These are really exciting numbers. So um, I just want you to be excited about what you hear and what's to come. Because God is doing such big things within our legacy family, in the whole community. It's just amazing. So first of all, I want to tell you about decisions that we've had. We have recorded 52 salvations since the last Legacy Sunday. 148 people have rededicated their lives. And 38, 38 people have been baptized in the last year. That's, that's amazing. If you're one of those people and you want to stand up, we'd love to recognize you. If you're too embarrassed, it's okay. But that applause is for you. That is so exciting. It's so exciting. And let's see. After that, we have um, some numbers on how big our church family has grown. So um, we've had 42 people who've participated in growth track. And we've had 19 children and youth that have been added as new members. We love it. We love that the next generation is growing as well. Um, that gives us 61 new people that are added to our, con our congregation in the past year. 43 new people. This is my happy place right here. 43 people in the past year have stepped up to serve. They have joined our serving team. So that's a big thing. So if you're someone who, if you serve, stand up. There's a lot back there. If you serve and you're one of those people that have come in and taken a growth track, stand up. We want to thank you. That is amazing. Thank you for all you do. Thank you so much. Now, um, if, you, um, if you're kind of wondering about that, you're a little newer, and this is like we don't really know what Legacy Sunday is, and so you're starting to get a grasp, right, about the last year, and you want to know about those next steps. That's what growth track is. It is your next step. So if you come in and you just are like, I think I might want to serve. I want to find out more about this place, and I really, really like this Legacy family. I just want to know more. That's what growth track is. And so you can go through and you get a lot of your questions answered and you're told all about serving teams. And if you choose, we're not going to like browbeat you over it. But if you choose, we sure would love it, you can come help us serve, which is a wonderful, wonderful thing to do. So you can, um, you can find out about Growth Track by heading out to the Connect Center. They can tell you all about it out there. You can also go to our website, LegacyFamily.tv, and there's a whole lot of information there. And you can actually sign up for Growth Track as well. All right, I'm going to turn it over to Kathy. Along with all of these wonderful things, we're also going to take some time to recognize the ministries that Legacy has supported over the past year. So here we are. Let's go. Samaritan's Purse, Mercy Multiplied Ministries, Tri-Area Pregnancy Center, KCM Ministries, JDM Ministries, Grace Point Center, Hope Ministries, Alexander Daniel, which is Missions to India, Philip Baker Ministries, Kids Term Ministry, Ministers Pastor Glenn Rogers, Pastor Paul Floyd, and Adam Knapp, Victory World Outreach, which is World Missions, Good Samaritan Fund, With County Schools, Jamie and Leah Peters, which is Missions to Africa, Global Ventures Ministries, Care Portal, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Danny Johnston, which is Missions to Nicaragua and Haiti, Operation Christmas Child, Pregnancy Resource Center, Rescue Life, Christmas Shoe Project, Christmas Smiles Campaign, 
Water for Life, Thrive Pastoral Conference, which is missions to Bulgaria, Life Crisis Relief, Life's Missions Feeding, Churches for Life, God's Pick Through, and A21 Human Trafficking. So let's give a round of applause for all these things that we have helped. And now we're going to turn our eyes to the screens and dismiss our kids. We're so glad that you chose to worship with us this morning. It's the time in our service where we dismiss our students and L kids. If you're in Little Legacy's launch pad or loop, you can walk out into the lobby and find your leaders. As they leave, let's join pastor in saying our confession over them aloud. We declare that our children are blessed. They are strong in spirit. They are filled with wisdom. They understand the word of God. They hear the voice of God. And they walk in God's grace and mercy all the days of their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Does anybody need sermon notes? Wave at me. We're going to go through them. Got some vision and statements and different things if you need one. You know, Rob and Michelle, Rob bought uh, Michelle a, a mood ring, big old giant mood ring. So you won't know what mood she's in, you know. And it turned green. She was real, you know, she was in a good mood. And then he found out that it turned big red whelps on his head when she uh, was in a bad mood. I had to pick on them. I leave my wife out of that. So anyway, but we're celebrating 10 years. We're excited you're here today, and we're just going to go through what God has put on our heart in the past 10 years and changes we've made, things we've done, and uh, we're just going to uh, visit our vision, our mission statement, our vision statement, and just who we are. So if you'll look at your notes, uh, let's look at our vision. And it starts, our vision is to see people become completely committed followers of Christ. And, you know, I, I, got, I wrote down, if you were to have a conversation with Jesus right now, to define this relationship you have with him, how would you respond? Are you a follower or a fan? Just an acquaintance? Or perhaps you don't even care right now. Maybe you're indifferent. But a follower makes 
uh, makes Jesus not merely an object of your admiration, but makes him the center of your life. And I want to encourage you, as, as a disciple, you keep pressing forward. And, uh, you know, how can you tell when you're fully committed? Because, you know, you know all the bad thoughts that go in your head, and this and that and the other. But how do you fully commit is when your desires become his desires. He changes not only, you know, you, to believe in him is awesome, but when your desires change, you know that you're getting closer to him. You want to do what he wants. And it's not about you. It's about him. Isn't that good? So that's our vision for all of us to become committed, to get on fire for God, to just, just be, be closer to him. And look at your next one. Look at our mission statement. Uh, we made our mission statement because, you know, you can just say everything you want to in the world, but, um, you know, but we want to make it simple. Go make disciples. That's what every church's mission is. I don't care what they add to it. That's our mission. Our, our vision and our mission is to see people saved. That's the number one thing that a church has to be about. Not making people feel good. It's about making people get, you know, they need Jesus. And we all need Jesus. And without him, you know, yesterday we celebrated uh, uh, just an awesome man of God, went on to be with Jesus. And uh, in the last year he, he fought uh, just sickness and stuff. He was, he's been an usher here since 1989. And uh, Gary Russell was a great man of God, and uh, he was awesome, but his heart was for church and for people getting saved. Uh, he, we would talk about church. He had a dream one time. I shared it at the funeral. And uh, he said uh, in his dream that we had so many people in the church that we were pulling up buses and the youth were going to another building. And we were taking all these youth to another building. He said we took up an offering Sunday and it was $60,000 in the offering. And he said, he said I told you it was $60,000. And you said it's not enough. I said, okay, it's not enough. Excuse me, I'm, I'm dizzy today. So. But anyway, it's not enough. It is enough. But anyway, it's always enough. God's good. But that was a dream he had. He wanted to see the church overflowing with people. And uh, he, he was always excited to see all the kids that uh, we had coming in. He had uh, six grandkids. He's got six grandkids, and uh, he was so excited about them. But that, that's what it's about, our children receiving Jesus. You know it's easy for a child to receive Jesus than somebody that's been living their life on their own way in their 50s and 60s and 30s even. And so that's why... It's so important to me, so important to God. Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. And if you haven't thought about that, with all the abortions and things that are going on, uh, heaven's full of children. And so the kingdom of heaven is about babies, it's about children, it's about all of us. But it's so easy to get children saved, and they, they want to know about God. It's in everyone to know about uh, to receive Jesus. Everybody wants to be a worshiper of God. And uh, as, as we look at these things, uh, we have to put the Word of God first. I want to back up and read Psalms 1, 1 through 3 right quick. And, and it's talking about being uh, a fully devoted. It said, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of God. That's the Word of God. And his heart, uh, and his, and in God's law he meditates day and night. And she, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers, that brings forth fruit 
in its season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatsoever he does will prosper. When you put the word of God first, you've, that's, that's what happens in your life. You're blessed to do the commission, and you're blessed to be able to serve other people, and uh, that's what God wants us to be. So then we're to make disciples. That's our mission. That's Matthew 28, 19. Look at it. It's what Jesus said. Go into all the world. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, in Acts, Jesus told them before he descended up to go in, uh, to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to uttermost parts of the world. What if you translate that in? That's Withville, Virginia, the United States, and the uttermost parts of the world. And we're, if you looked at all the lists, we're, we're impacting. We're sending missionaries. We're supporting missionaries. And we don't just give them 10 bucks. Because of your giving, we're able to bless them. You know, we give them, so, you know, we give them at least $100 a month, some more. And, and so we support missions around the world. Thank you for letting me go to Bulgaria last week. Uh, man, we ministered to 35 pastors. And uh, what was uh, pretty awesome was in that group of pastors, there were young ones, there were older ones, there were children there. Some of their, I say children, they were in their 20s. And, uh, but we, went, we happened to be there when they had National Day of Prayer. And everybody met in the capital city. And all these pastors were there, and 16 of them got up and prayed. And out of the group that we ministered to, there was probably eight or nine of them. And a lot of them was the 20 and 30-year-olds that got up and they prayed over the nation. They were on live on national TV. Pretty awesome to be able to impact uh, those people and uh, to do that. Uh, Matthew 4:18, and Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, and he saw two brothers, Simon, uh, called Peter and Andrew his brother, and they were casting their nets, for they were fishermen. And he said, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And we need to understand that God's called us to make disciples. God's called us. Can people follow you as you follow Jesus? Mm. That's, that's the kind of stand that God wants you to have, that you're the light. When people, when things happen and bad things happen and they affect you, people need to, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? They want to follow your decisions. They're going to ask you, what are you going to do? How are you going to handle that? And they see how you handle things. And they they like, okay, that's the way it's supposed to be. I, I, there, there are people in my life who have, have led me that I have followed, and some didn't know I was following them. But I saw how they reacted when bad times came. Guess what? Trouble's coming. Always. Jesus said in this life, you're going to have hard times. But be of good cheer. I've overcome this world. This world's rough. But be of good cheer. We're in Christ Jesus, and we overcome with him. Amen? So that's a mindset that we all have to have. Let's look at our purpose right quick. Our purpose is to help people believe in Jesus, belong to family, become equipped, and to build God's kingdom. To belong to family, become equipped, and build God's kingdom. Yeah, we want them to be a disciple. We, don't want, we want people to believe in Jesus, but we also want to help them. Uh, it, it's easier to belong to family. Why, why family? Because you support each other. Our, our church, we want our church to be a family where you can come. We know we, you got my back. I got your back. We're going to pray for you. You're praying for one another. You know, I, I, I'm one person. I, I love being pastor. I'm, I'm so uh, 
It's so honored to be a pastor here, but guess what? You need more than me. I'm not your Savior. Uh, my wife is not a Savior. I tell, I'm not her Savior. Jesus is the Savior of us all. But Jesus sends somebody, it's like, the, like that one pastor said, he prayed with his daughter and it was dark, and I tell this story all the time because it is so good. And, he, and so he prayed with her to have a good night's sleep, and Jesus was going to be with her, and he got up, left. She goes, Daddy, Daddy, don't leave. He goes, well, baby, we just prayed Jesus is with you. She said, yeah, but I want somebody with some skin on them. We all need somebody with some skin on them. We need somebody in the flesh to, to hug our neck, to pat us on the back, to pray with us, to encourage us, to cheer us on. And that's what family does. That's what church family is about. And, and, and to carry on. Uh, that, that's what you see the disciples. They had prayer meetings. They had things where they gathered. They ate together. They had uh, communion, which we're, we're going to do today. But not only did they just have communion, they, they, had, they broke bread. They, they fellowshiped. And they encourage one another and walk with one another. So as we look at our purpose, our purpose is to help people believe in Jesus, belong to family, become equipped, and build God's kingdom. Our strategy for that, uh, to fulfill our vision, mission, and purpose, all these things, uh, is what we do on Sunday morning. As we preach Jesus, we come together, we rally together to encourage one another. Uh, we go through growth tracks. Michelle pushed that. As you learn about the church, you you find out what we believe, who we are, and you become a part of the family because you, 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 you sense the presence of God when you come to church and it feels, man, it's, man, people are friendly here. What is wrong with that? You know, we built that culture. We want that culture. And we want the culture where people can become friends. Friends is, is a bigger word than what we put it for. Jesus said, I'm a friend that sits closer than a brother. And that's the kind of friends and kind of family we want to have as a church, not none of the yeah, yeah. Y'all know what I'm talking about when I say, yeah, yeah, gossip, and yeah, yeah, and backbiting, and hey, there's a knife in my back. Can you pull that out? You know. Anyway, Sunday service, we want to believe in Jesus. We want to go through growth tracks so we can all get on the same page. There's a lot of bad taste in people's mouth when they about joining the church. I don't know about joining church. We're not going to make you do anything. We want you to be a part of the family. We want you to know who we are and what we're about. Our life groups. And that's where people come together, they study the Word, or they just fellowship. Uh, that's how you become equipped. You hang out with people. You want to hang out with people who know a little bit more about the Word than you, so you can grow and learn about the Word. Or maybe you want to do a life group where you can lead people up and help them uh, with whatever, raising kids or finances or playing horseshoes or whatever, something to fellowship around and, and just bring Jesus into the conversation. And also we do L-teams give you an opportunity to serve. We'll, uh, we have places to serve in the church, and people serve all over, but sometimes we just all rally together and do something in the community, and where we'll announce it, and we'll go to the park, and uh, we want to have some worship nights in the park here coming up. Uh, it's winter time, but next spring and stuff, we'll do worship night. We'll, we'll do feeding people. We'll do different things. We do all kinds of things in the community, and uh, we'll rally together as a church and do those things. And so uh, let's just keep going. We're going to move forward. We've got a lot of other things going on, but I want to go through our core values. If you look on the, on the lobby as you leave, there's five core values on each side of the wall out here. And uh, we came up with these core values. We, we, we studied over them, and uh, as a staff about five years ago, we went round and round, what about this, what about that, and looking at this and looking at that. And we came up with these ten core values. 
And the first one that we want to talk about is Jesus is our example. Woo, that's big shoes to fill. To be like Jesus. That's supposed to be our response. He's our example. It's not what Grandma said. I found out Grandma didn't know the word like, like she ought to. I mean, she loved Jesus, but she was, wasn't taught all right. We look at what Jesus, we go to the word and find out what the Bible says and how Jesus, he's our example. Number two, love is our foundation. 1 John 7 and 8, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth knows God. He that loveth not knows not God, for God is love. That's our foundation, love. we got to love one another. And so that is key. Jesus is our example. Love is our foundation. Two, faith is our response. You tell me something bad's going on, we're going to believe God. We're going to believe God. We're going to trust God. We're going to adhere to God. We're going to, we're going to see what the Word says, and we're going to grab a hold of the promise, and faith is our response to everything. What's happening in the world, the war going on in Israel right now, you need to be by faith, trusting God. Because guess what? Even if it came here and it's a mess, we're going to trust God. Faith is our response. We're going to believe God. Four, family is our culture. I've already said that. We, we got to be a family. We need to have one another's backs. We need to pray for one another. You know, we have a, uh, we have a prayer team. We send out a text. If you have a prayer request and you call and say, Pastor, I, can you put this on the prayer chain? You know we have 60 people that will pray? That's pretty cool. You got 60 people got your back. And that's what a family is about. Maybe you haven't had a good family. Well, a church family is supposed to be better than your own family. Jesus said, uh, <clears throat> he's, he's six closer than a brother. Did you know that he's a friend uh, greater than a brother? Come on. I'm talking about family. And that's what church is supposed to be about. Uh, worship is our passion. That was the word of the Lord. We need to learn to worship. You need to learn to worship God. You don't have to have music to worship God. You don't have to have uh, music to praise God. You can worship him and honor him just in, in life and just be talking to him all the time and just being thankful all the time and, and, and learn to worship God and learn to honor him. Thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice. You need to start saying it with your mouth. But the Bible says when you say things, you establish them. You need to learn to say, I, thank God I'm saved. Chase said it. Thank God I'm loved. I'm loved. I'm loved. Can you say I'm his favorite? Say it with me. I'm God's favorite. Do you know God's big enough to have everybody to be his favorite? You know, when we get to heaven, just imagine this. The Bible said the, the multitudes that are going to be there, it's going to be like uh, roaring waters. You ever went to a football game and, and the cheering began? <sighs> just thousands of people? Think about heaven. Thousands of people worshiping God. It's just going to be a, like roaring water. But here's the thing. When you stand in the midst of all those millions of people and you look up at God and God looks back at you, you're going to feel like the only one there. You're his favorite. That's how personal God is. The creator of the universe sent Jesus just for you. That's pretty awesome. The next one is discipleship is our mission. 
and we've already discussed that, but that's still one of our core values as we want to be a disciple and we want to make disciples. Number uh, six, seven, it's Holy Spirit is our guide. We have to be led by the Holy Spirit. You can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Guess what? You can't get saved without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's the one that draws you. You didn't decide, you know, hey, when your own mind, you know what, I think I want to accept Jesus. No, he drew you to accept him. He pulled you close. He said, you know what, you hear what he's saying? You need, you need Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. you. It sounds like your own mind sometimes, your own thoughts, but that's the Holy Spirit drawing you. And you need, to, you need to let him draw you. Maybe he's speaking to you today. Our next is serving is our privilege. We get to serve. Because here's the thing, when I serve Clayton right there, or Clayton serves me, I'm serving Jesus. When I serve you, I'm serving Jesus. And I want to serve you. And, and you know, whether you, and I've had people reject it, and people do that. And the, the, it's crazy. The people I help the most are the ones that don't stay, they stay the least. And I'm like, it doesn't make sense. But when I serve people, when we serve people, we're serving Jesus. And serving is a, a privilege because we're doing it for the kingdom of God and not for the person. We're looking at what God sees. We look how God sees and we want to help people. We want to serve people. Excellence is our pursuit. We want everything to be as nice as it can be. Uh, I worked for Motorola before I became a pastor. I was actually a pastor then too. But, uh, and we went around the world, all over the United States, different things. And every year, we went to Las Vegas, and everybody goes, Las Vegas. Man, I was in classes from 8 o'clock to 8 o'clock every day. But we stayed in the best hotel. And I walked in those hotels, and I looked at those hotels, marble on the floor, the best furnishings, everything was, like, excellent. Because they're trying to get rich people in there and trying to get anybody in there to spend their money because they, they're not in business to give away money. And you walk through that place, though, and they had one, one had a million dollars on the wall. A million, one, $100 bills. And actually, it was that, like that whole wall right there in $100 wallpaper. And I thought, why can't church be like this? Why can't church have the best? Guess what? Heaven's got the best. Heaven's the streets paved with gold. Jesus said, I go prepare a place for you. In my Father's house are many mansions, many, many nice places. Come on. And, and so even if you, if, you know, I'm not talking about what you wear, but if you, if you don't have anything good to wear or things like that, wash them, iron them. Do the best you can with what you have. That's all excellence is is you know what, we're going to have it clean. If something's on the floor, I'm going to pick it up. We're going to vacuum. We're going to do what? We want everything to be excellent. We want everybody to feel like this is home. We want to love everybody. Even somebody that doesn't look lovable, doesn't smell lovable. But we're still going to love people. And we want excellence in everything that we do. God is the God of excellence. God's the God of order. Remember when Jesus fed the 5,000? He grouped them in 50s and 100s, so everybody got food. Nobody was bypassed. It was important that everybody got something. But if you just go down through the crowd, you're going to miss somebody. 
Jesus even organized people. That was excellence. That's why we have classrooms, why we added classrooms. We got a, we're trying to get a classroom for every age group. So no, none of these children are missed. None of you are missed. We don't want anybody missed. And as, as we say that, children is our legacy. Children are our legacy. Come on, the next generation. The next generation for me are 30 and 40-year-olds. The next generation for them are the kids, the teenagers and the children. God set that up. I'm the poor in the 30 and 40-year-olds because of my age. I still love kids. I still want to pour into kids too. Doesn't mean, but guess who has teenagers and children? The 20, 30, and 40-year-olds. And so every generation needs Jesus. And our children are so important to us. And we've got actually got a video we're going to play uh, about our children.
want you to bow your heads. Maybe there's somebody in here that doesn't know Jesus. The greatest thing you can do in this life is to accept Him. But when you leave this life, it's too late. You have to accept Him while you're alive. The Bible says, all who call upon the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. That means all who believe in Him, who believe that He was born of a virgin, that He lived a sinless life, that He did miracles, that He died on the cross for them, that He rose again on the third day. I don't care how old you are, how young you are, you can call on Him today. Do you know for sure that you're a child of God? Do you know for sure that you know Jesus? Do you have that assurance in your heart? If I died today, I'm going straight to heaven. If you're not sure, can I pray with you today? Will you lift your hand and say, pray with me, Pastor Brad? I'm not going to embarrass you. I want to pray with you. Just hold your hand up. If you've never prayed and asked Jesus to come into your life, Or maybe you're here and you said, you know, I prayed that a long time ago, but I really haven't been living for him, and I want to I wanna get right with God today. If that's you, lift your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Anyone else? Maybe you've been, you feel like you've been living a long way away. God's calling you to come back. He's got a seat at the table for you. It's his family table. Let's pray with these that are rededicated their life today. Let's, let's pray. Say this with me. Say, Father. Come on, all of us say, Father, I believe in Jesus with all my heart. And I ask him to forgive me and cleanse me. And take me back. I've left, but now I'm back. Father, I love you. Thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. So when you came in today, you got a bag, and it's got the communion in it. If you go ahead and take that out, and be careful to take the, uh, the bread out first. If you need, uh, need a cup, Wave at me. The ushers, there's one over there. Anybody else in the back? So you gently take the top off and take the bread out. And I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 11.23. This is what Paul the Apostle wrote. Mr. Don, right over here in the middle. Go ahead and take the bread out. Mr. Bobby, straight in the back, back there, right on behind the sound booth. Take the bread out like this and hold it up for me. So we'll let these others get served. Now, this represents Jesus' body that was broken for you. 
See, at Calvary, he was beaten. And Isaiah said he was stricken and smitten of God for us. God allowed that to happen for us. It said with the stripes that he took on his back in Isaiah 53, that there's healing available. He was beaten, punched, whipped horribly for us. It was our punishment for sin. And then the crazy thing, when he died, he went to hell. Satan grabbed him and said, because remember on the cross, Jesus said in his body, my father, my father, why hast thou forsaken me? And Satan saw that as, whoo, he's mine. And he went to hell. But then God showed up and took him back. This is the body that was broken. This represents. So let's remember. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that Jesus died for us. Thank you for healing in our bodies. Thank you for peace in our minds. Thank you that the chastisement that he took, that we can have peace. We thank you, Father, that his body was broken, that we can go to heaven. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and partake. Then you open up the cup. And he, he wrote in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is in the new covenant of my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat uh, this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I want you to know the mercy in the mercy seat in the temple, there's a mercy seat in heaven, and the blood of Jesus is still there. And it still washes away sins. It still backs every promise in the Bible. It backs every word that Jesus spoke towards us. Every word, everything that we need in this life, the blood of Jesus is backing it. It's still there saying, I wash you. I make you clean. I forgive you. The word is true for you. I shed my blood so you could have. I shed my blood so you could be family. Isn't that awesome? there's an old saying that, and it's a covenant term, but people mix it up. It said blood is thicker than water. And we think it's because my brother, my brother, my blood brother, he's I have a brother, and that relationship's thicker than anything else. But no, it's the blood of Jesus is thicker than the water you were born in, the womb water you were born in. This is life. This is family. This is the covenant of God, the blood of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, that you wash us in the blood today, that you cleanse us and forgive us. We thank you, Father, for the victory that belongs to us because of the blood of Jesus, and we partake right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and partake of the cup. Now just close your eyes and let's just worship the Lord. Jason Cassidy going to sing this morning.
There we go. All right. Um, listen, uh, as we have prepared to uh, celebrate together uh, 10 years of Legacy Church, uh, I, I have to completely honest with you, the enemy's pushed back a little bit this weekend. Um, but uh, uh, also running uh, side by side with us uh, celebrating 10 years of uh, Legacy Church, we also get to uh, dote on our pastors a little bit. This is uh, Pastor Appreciation Month. So uh, with that in mind, we, uh, we put together just uh, a little video that uh, just we wanted to share with our pastors. Eyes to the screen, please. What are you doing right now? I'm so glad you asked, Chase. We are about to go find out what our congregation thinks about Pastor Brett and Miss Lisa. So let's go talk to him. What is your favorite thing about Pastor Brett or Miss Lisa? Um, I like how they're very easy to talk to and connect with. And when Pastor Brett is preaching, it's like he's preaching right to you the whole time. What is one thing about Pastor Brett that you like or, or would like to share with everybody? Probably his uh, southern sweet Louisiana accent when he tells a story. Can you give me one word for Pastor Brett? Joy. So, Sergio, what is one of the things that stands out most to you about Pastor Brett? Um, he has great dad jokes. So, in one word, what's your favorite thing about Pastor Brett and Miss Lisa? Oh, gosh. Um... They're family. They really are. Yeah. One word for Miss Lisa. That's difficult to have just one word, but the first word that comes to my mind is caring. One of my favorite things about Mrs. Lisa is, is if you've ever had an opportunity to go out to eat dinner with her, she completely changes the entire menu when ordering. Oh, everything. <laughs> I love Lisa. She's just got the best personality and she's such a great listener and she's so much fun and I just love her. Um, she has a way of just bringing people together and getting people to talk and share and she just exudes the love of the Lord and I love her for that. She mirrors my OCD and we just match. We just do things together and, and we understand one another completely. And I love her and she is just such an awesome woman of God and we are so blessed to be here. What's your favorite thing about Miss Lisa? My favorite thing about Miss Lisa is she's kind, nice, and she's always caring. I love I love that they're kind and sweet to us. About Pastor Brett or Miss Lisa? Pastor Brett, um, and he's really sweet. He drinks so much sweet tea that I'm pretty sure that's what his bloodstream is. They are both the best people in the world. What is your favorite thing about Pastor Brett and Miss Lisa? They help us grow. I love you, Pastor Brett and Miss Lisa. What's your favorite thing about Pastor Brett? I love the way he gets his bangs out of his face. What's your favorite thing about Pastor Brett? He's kind. What is your favorite thing about Pastor Brett or Miss Lisa? Pastor Brett's laugh. I love his stinking laugh. Like it's just, I don't know, it's like a light. It's like a beacon. When he laughs, you know where he's at. Could you do an impression? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, uh, the love and the word. That's good. The love and the word. The interaction. That's precious. So we enjoy that. Yes. Because the love draws 
and then they're organized too. They have things in order, but uh, they don't let the order take over. They still the spirit moves, and that's so wonderful. Yes, it is. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, Coleman, I have a question for you. All right, you ready? What is your favorite thing about Pastor Brett? His haircut. It's the best. That thing, that's crisp. That's clean. That's a good answer right there. That's, that's a good answer. Oh, how good is that, right? <clears throat> Thank you to everybody who got accosted in the lobby and out in the uh, parking lot to uh, put that together. Ironically, as I, t I mentioned earlier, you know, uh, the enemy was pushing back on this weekend. We actually had a, a, a whole other video that was done, and uh, my wife got a text from Cassie late one, uh, just a couple of nights ago to say, you're never going to guess what happened. My, my laptop just took a swim in a, in a puddle of water, and we lost the entire thing. But, but hey, where there's a Cassie, there's a way. So, Cassie, great job. So, um, I, and something else that I wanted to share with you guys, uh, Jamie and some of our kids got together and uh, put together a little something just to express how much they mean to, uh, you guys mean to them. So I'm going to put this right down here, and we can grip that in a little bit. Uh, one of the things that you missed out on the, from the previous video, and you may have seen this either in a cardboard cutout or uh, if you attended a 70-year-old birthday party, was just this smoking leisure suit. There was a lot of polyester, there was a lot of hair, and there was a lot of boots, and I'm not sure which one took the cake, but, uh, uh, but we missed out on that. But I did want to say a couple other things uh, to you, Pastor Brett and Ms. Lisa. Um, three years ago, Michelle and I made our way to Withville, and from the day that we walked in that door and we, we met Denise, <laughs> as we were walking in the door, you could feel the love of this church. And I wasn't here 10 years ago, but I can only imagine from day one the culture that you and Lisa established, and it takes intentionality. You have to be intentional about the love and the care that you that you experience when you walk through these doors. And I think it's amazing. You know, we all get to see Pastor Brett up here on Sundays whenever he's, he, he's giving us a message, and we've all been there where he feels like he's speaking directly to you. You, you don't see the other 90 hours a week that he puts in. I, I've been fortunate enough to run with him a little bit here lately just to, just to see the, the care that he gives to, to those that are in need, those who are struggling, those who just need a hug, just need some encouragement and some hope. Uh, he and Ms. Lisa are absolutely, absolutely amazing, and I, and I appreciate the culture that you guys have, have set up and the intentional, intentionality of family and love that you guys have, have, have put forth, and I love the fact that you equip each and every one of us to walk in the same path that you are. We love you.